to say yes sir and then the bible goes on to say eh hey, hey, if you are obedient you are calling the bible alaba shake bredo sokolo hey hallelujah ah no let's do this thing give me first peter chapter 3 i feel the anointing to teach this thing the light if the light goes on it's not enough it's not enough for the light to go on the bible says the light shines No, my life will not just go on. It's not enough that you clear. You have to be excellent. Your life, no, 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 it's, it's not enough that you feel before. And he has put all things under his side, under his side, at arm's length. Where has he put them? Somebody shout it under my We've been looking at the subject of being fruitful. Okay? We've been looking at the subject of being fruitful. And in that subject we 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 looked at very important things. But before that, we were dealing with the subject of being um of training unto godliness, which we are not done with. But some of these things I'll get over them with you at church again. We have been looking at training unto godliness, and I'll teach you something about prayer. There's there's I told you something like that when I pray God speaks to me that's why I can't stop praying but then you need to know something about prayer that there's always a place the reason why people don't pray is number one, they probably don't observe their answers to their prayers they don't observe their answers to their prayers <clears throat> when you observe your answers to your prayers you always want to pray thank you when you observe your answers to your prayers you are always going to want to pray if you get answers and you are not observing the answers themselves you know you can pray for the sake of praying for specific things you need not that you are going to observe the answers or look for them then your prayer will be a religious act you will not grow in your prayer life you know prayer has a life it's not a mistake that every time you want to say prayer you say prayer life it has a life and you can tell whether it's barely surviving whether it's hanging in there whether it's not eating healthy meals you can tell you can tell you know yourselves you can tell atapa my prayer life is struggling theka eka kwa shoko and then sometimes some people will tell you my prayer life is dead <laughs> oh that's hard that's the that's the most serious one we can deal with kashokwa shokos we can deal with marasmas but the death the miracle of raising anything from the dead requires more miraculous power but anyways god is uh, god is good now what i'm telling you is um what makes people not be consistent with their prayer life number one, they do not observe answers to their prayers and i told you that a person can actually pray for the sake of praying without an expectation because your prayer now is just becoming an expression of the needs and fears of your heart and not an expression of your faith in god we pray as an expression of our faith in god okay but sometimes prayer 
let's say people who've grown up in religious backgrounds prayer can be one of those things they do to soothe themselves you can pray so that you soothe yourself there was someone says i want to listen to the to a sermon that's when i sleep you are you are listening to a sermon as a way of sleeping not so that it can impact your spirit and it's okay if you want to sleep with a sermon playing in the background who knows something good may happen but you know you're gambling so anyways it's better than sleeping with nothing in your ears now you can actually you can actually pray without having an expectation that means you'll not be so interested in your prayer life because for such people, even when they get answers to, your, to their prayers, they think it's a coincidence. For example, the church, the church that was praying in the book of Acts chapter number 12, they were praying for Peter to come out. And they prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed till they became the prayer. That means without intelligence. So even when they were told, your answers to your prayers are here, they kept praying because they were the prayer. <laughs> They just kept praying. They just kept praying. See that? They just kept going and going and going. So that means you reach a place where if you are not observing answers to your prayers or signs or leadings as to your answers, then you will have an issue. You will not want to pray. Also, if you do not train yourself to get in the spirit whilst you are praying, and then, this is one of the most important things. Now, what I'm going to teach you, either the Spirit of God teaches you, or someone who has had an experience in their prayer life teaches you. You will not necessarily find it in the Bible. It's not everything that you are going to find in the Bible. Okay? The Bible gives us the basic framework of the structure and functionalism of our life in the Spirit. But it does not have necessarily intricate detail unless you have what we call the specific word from the Spirit leading you or someone teaches you. If you're not taught, a lot of things will be a mystery to you. And many of these things, you learn them in discipleship classes like this. Because, the, listen, these are discipleship classes. This is why even with Jesus, people who benefited from the anointing were in different degrees. There were first three people in his circle who were very close to him, and they, made it, they benefited the greatest from his anointing. Then there were the 12. They benefited and they were close to him, but not as close as the three. Then there were the 72, and then there were the crowds. Jesus always had crowds. But there were those deep teachings, if you study the Bible, that he taught when he was only with 12 of them. And then some of the deepest encounters, like raising the dead, or like Elijah and Moses appearing to him, there were only three people. So the more you make yourself, the more you make yourself available to some of these very consistent discipleship class meetings, the greater the level of the anointing from me you get, and the more things you learn, especially in between the lines. You can inherit the spirit on a man that makes him what have what he carries. And one of the ways is through listening to him talk. You can go to my podcast and listen to message by message. As you listen to message by message, you are inheriting something from me. Beyond even those that are always found with me, if you listen to what I'm teaching, something will come on your spirit. Jesus said, if you listen to my word, he didn't say if you see me. He says, if you listen to my word and if you keep it, my father and I will come and make our abode in you. 
That means everything that makes God God can dwell in a person simply by listening to his teaching, John 14, 23. I don't know if you're taking this seriously, but I'm just teaching you a serious mystery. I'm telling you how I also grew in the anointing. There are people I would sit down and listen to the whole day. When I teach you what I'm teaching you, I'm telling you things that brought me to the place where I am. I don't, in these classes, I don't teach you like people say, at small, small. No, I teach you everything that makes me. So if it's not working for you, I don't know. There has to be a way it must work because it worked for me. And God is not a respecter of man. And I'm not lying. Jesus at one point called his disciples, my brothers. He said, I do not call you servants anymore. John 15, 15, he says, I call you brothers because I've taught you everything that my father told you. That means they became of the same blood and flesh and bone. They became born from the same father. Why? Because they received everything Jesus told them. You and I can dwell in the dimension of brotherhood. That is to mean to exist in the same realm of knowledge, encounter and power to have the same supply of the spirit, which makes Pastor Daniel, Pastor Daniel. If you listen to the words I'm telling you, because it is from that supply that I gained the level that I got. I feel like I'm exposing myself right now. I've just told you my secret towards life and the anointing. And so the other reason people don't pray, you see, when I just finished school, I began to observe people. And when I began to observe people, there, there will come a point. Let me tell you a mystery. There will come a point where when you read the word of God so much, every time you want to talk, something will come on your throat and you remember a scripture you read. Even if you want to crack a joke, something scripture will come up. There will come a time where when you want to talk, you will feel like I am about to talk in you. And when you talk, people will be like, where did you get this kind of wisdom? There's a system. There's a system. You're not ready for this, maybe. You know? Let me not digress. There are times when God raises an individual for a work. And when God raises an individual for a work, that person becomes a system and they can become an institution. And God can draw from that person to multiply the capacity of that system to impact the world. For example, when God wanted to raise other people to deal with the rest of the Israelites, what God did was he multiplied Moses. What he said is, I'll take of what is on you and put on them. So what happens is when, when the thing came on the 70 elders, the 70 elders went to their tents. When the elders would talk, when the elders would talk, it would sound like Moses has talked and Moses has brought wisdom. Because Moses was not just an individual. Moses was a system. Mm. It happened. It happened that when God wanted to change, to turn the hearts of the Israelites to God, what he did was he introduced a system called Elijah. And when God wanted to repeat the same system, all he did was bring Elijah back and called him John. So he brought the same anointing, the same spirit that was on Elijah, on John. And John came as Elijah. Don't you find it interesting that the same faith that followed Elijah followed John? <laughs> Haven't you noticed that this, a woman wanted to kill Elijah? It's a woman who killed John. What was supposed to happen to Elijah except you ran away happened to John? Because anointings have got their own things, they attract. But that's a story for another day. But even for the blessing, it's the same thing. 
And so when you yield yourself to an anointing, there comes a time when you can replicate it. This is why. And these are some of the teachings that believers have to grow into. This is now beyond just faith and the laying on of hands and baptisms, you know. What the Bible calls the fundamental doctrine. The Bible says moving on to perfection. Moving on to perfection. You can reach a point where when you are talking, people can't tell the difference between you and me. Not a cloning. No, 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 no. But a replication of the anointing. And, and I'm not saying when you grow up a bit. I'm saying now. So these are some of the things you need to learn. These are the technologies, the softwares and algorithms that are in the kingdom of God that we can replicate. And then you can even become better because Jesus Christ said, the works that I do shall you do also and greater works than these. I'm looking forward to those days. Hallelujah. And already I've begun seeing it in many of you. When you talk, the kind of intolerance you have towards ungodliness, when I see it in you, I know. Sometimes I see in other believers, I'm like, why are they like this? And when I see the kind of intolerance you have towards ungodliness, many of you, I'm like, sometimes I'm even like, eh, aren't they being too harsh? Then I remember, no, <laughs> they're a mirror of me. Hallelujah. This is why as a minister at every point, you must work towards purity because Paul said, I'm sending to you, Timothy, my son, who's going to pour out to you even our very lives. This is why we stop people from ministering if they are fornicating. Because you may begin sharing the deposits within your soul to other people. That's why we stop people. The Bible says a little leaven leavens up the bread. You can be an entrance point for powers of darkness to influence the whole team. Suddenly people want to do the wrong thing. You are pretending, but in the realm of the spirit you can't. You have become a door to powers of darkness. See, when we tell you, avoid fornication, avoid pornography, we are trying not just to help you alone, but we are trying to prevent the in all the people that you are associated with from being exposed. People understand this kind of language. You People understand this kind of language. Yes. You are quick to say, oh, oh, I need to isolate myself because I was in the car. Then someone was coughing. They said that COVID-19. Oh, I'm exposed. Guys, don't come near me. Yet when people have a dirty mouth, they can't open their mouth. They cannot close their mouth and they are fornicating. They are a hybrid. They stand in between the flesh, sin, hell, and heaven. They can't see that they are exposed. They want to hide it. And this is the strange thing that Satan wants. Satan, Satan, Satan doesn't mind you being on fire. All he wants is to have enough shares in you that whilst you are on fire for God, you can also be on ice for the kingdom of darkness so that you can be a mixture of the two. That way you have shares. And every time you're about to pray, he can tell you to kindly drop your hands because you were doing this and that a few days ago. And before you know it, that spirit can begin to visit, especially the weaker people because you're mingling with them. The Bible says bad company corrupts good morals. So you can become bad company. So when we tell you to stay away from things that contaminate both spirit and soul, according to the Bible, it's not just for yourself. It's for the people around you. This is why the Bible also tells us that you should excommunicate the one who's sinning. It says give him over to the devil. 
because they can become a diseased branch. That means they are not bearing fruit. So they have to be cut away so that in their aloneness, in their loneliness, they can begin to repent. And our purpose is not to point fingers at them. Our purpose is to pray for them so that God can restore them. Shout hallelujah, somebody. These are the realities of the kingdom of God. And if you don't learn these things, you think life is all, all about, oh, forgive me, forgive me. Yes, you'll be forgiven, but you won't know how many people will have to be struggling with the same thing consistently around you. And I'm not telling you this so that you can say, oh, I've been failing a lot, so I better just come out of the church. You are worse if you do that. Because there are some people who are so, I don't know. They've got this self-righteousness where, where they feel like if they've been failing, then they're supposed to commit suicide or something. So they end it and all that kind of trash. Who spoke to you? When you end it, then what happens? You're already in hell. <laughs> people say, I'm already in hell. I'm already living in hell. Anyways, so what I'm telling you is that there are mysteries in the kingdom of God. And as you begin to grow unto maturity, these are some of the things you must know. Shout hallelujah, somebody. There's a way things work. There is a way things work. There is a way things work. You must acquaint yourself with some of these things. Some of these things you have to learn in prayer. The reason why people don't pray is because they also don't, they've not listened to this. So I'm that's why I told you some of these things I learned by the leading of the spirit because you may not find them in the Bible. People don't learn to turn off their flesh and turn on their spirit in order to access a realm that is higher than the things you are seeing and hearing so that you can access God. Sometimes you will have to patiently speak in tongues for an hour. And sometimes you have to switch off the phone. Every time you want to pray, you want to check if the person has replied to a text. Sometimes you will have to take your phone on charge and switch it off in your bedroom and lift your hands. The mystery of the mountain in the New Testament is not that God descends on the Mount of Sinai, but that the mountain experience separates you from distractions so that you can focus solely on God because on the mountain, you're not with anyone. You're not at your workplace. You're not conversing with everyone. You're not looking at food. You're not looking at your clothes. At the mountain, you are alone. That's why Jesus would isolate himself and go to mountains. The concept of the mountain in the New Testament is isolation. So you can tell people, I'm going to the mountain, and yet you're in your room. Matter of fact, when Jesus Christ was teaching about prayer, what he says, when you pray, pray secretly, go to your room and pray secretly. The idea of getting into your closet is so that you're not distracted because distractions can always pull you into the flesh. Some people are afraid when they pray, especially when they're alone. So you're alone in the living room and you want to pray. When you close your eyes, you think like something will come behind you. <laughs> so you can't focus. Have you ever met people like that? I used to be like that. So maybe that's why I know it. And so when I grew up spiritually, since I was afraid, what I would do was turn on the lights, then pray. But then when I thought, no, I'm afraid. What I used to do was wake up at 03, switch off the lights, close my eyes, get on my knees, 
and say, okay, if he's demon enough, let him come. Until tomorrow, he never came. Then I realized the fear was in my head. If you do not face some of these, your fears, no one will face them for you, sis. So, if you don't want to be distracted, I would rather you get your diary and you hold it rather than your phone. You are hiding in your phone, but you are distracted. You hear, kudung, like a WhatsApp, you are distracted, you are gone. Switch off your phone if you can. Or if you can put it on flight mode and use only your notepad if you are disciplined enough. If you know, you know yourselves. You don't have that discipline. What you can do is that you can put away the phone and just use a pen and a paper as you are praying. If possible, study yourself in prayer because you can be alone. There are some people who are okay when they are with friends, they will pray and they will hear God. But there are some people who, when they want to pray and access that dimension in the spirit where they are able to communicate with the divine or at least, listen, or at least if you're not going to hear God, you're in a place where you feel covered and, and, and you're in the presence of God and you're making petitions and that God is hearing you because there are things like that. I remember one time I was in Bala and I was with, with some brothers. It was around 18 hours. We were praying. I, I remember that day there was no power. It was in 2011. We were praying and praying and praying. That was just before I came to the University of Zambia. It must have been in July around this time. We were praying and praying and praying. And as we were praying, we got into a place in prayer where I began to see an angel. And as we prayed, the angel was writing what we were praying. He was taking notes. When I read about angels, according to other people's experience, I, I, I noticed some people refer to them as scribe angels. They write. They write as you pray, they take notes. There's no prayer you pray that is wasted. Even the one you did not do in faith is recorded. Hallelujah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The way I asked for things when I saw those angels. Father, give me, give me, give me. So all I'm telling you is you can reach a place in the realm of the spirit where you connect with God. Now, listen, you can do prayer by faith. You may not feel all these things I'm telling you. You can do it by faith. But there has to come a time where you are longing for that time of prayer because there's just a way you never know that you're going to get in a time of prayer. There are times when I'm praying and as I just sit still in prayer, I'm just praying in the spirit, not asking for things, just flowing, switching off. Now, the reason why you also pray in the spirit is to switch off your mind. One way to switch off your mind, you can bring your mind. Sometimes I've noticed something like this. It's weird, but here's how it happens. You find people can stop the music. People can stop the TV. People can switch off everything. They can even stop moving. There's no noise, but their mind is noisy. Sometimes the enemy wants to bargain with you. And he has got access. So the flesh easily gives in. So immediately you remember, oh, you didn't close the door by the kitchen. <laughs> and you get up. You find, oh, you did not give the dog food. There's that cat dog, you did not give food. Then you have to go out and give the dog food. Because you heard, whoa. <laughs> then you think, oh, there's that cat text you didn't send that on. You need to text him and tell him that cut deal because tomorrow you may be late. So it seems, ah, there's a notification I want to check in a group. So it seems, it seems there's a lot of demand 
and you're distracted. But what you do if you want is, if you're beginning to pray and you begin remembering things, just write them down, write them, write them down, write them down. Then close everything you're doing. And then those things that you can do without, forget them. Then just begin to pray. Because remember the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, when you pray in tongues, your spirit prays, but your mind does not understand what you're saying. And so when you're praying in tongues, your mind can be lost. And when you do that, you begin gaining ascendancy in the spirit because your mind cannot catch up. It doesn't know what's going on. And eventually your mind begins to steal like calm waters. And then you begin sensing the spirit of good of God moving, hovering over the waters. Hallelujah. So that's what I do. That's what I do. There was a time when I went to a certain place. I was with uh, Brother Innocent. Some of you may know him. And when we went to that place, that was the year 2018. We found some sisters and I began to pray for them. And as I began to pray for them, I can't explain this, but a prophetic bubble, let me just, that's what I call it. I call it the prophetic bubble came upon me. And when I entered it, I traveled into time, into 2020. And in 2020, God began to show me what is going to happen and the things that are going to happen and the things I must pay attention to and how I should look at things. He began to show me things I need to pay attention to in my life. When I came back from that journey, I remember I began to have prophetic words for every sister who was in that room. And there was no camera to record. <laughs> Isn't it amazing when you have the deepest prophetic words? There's no one recording. Now, after that, I remember when I went home, I was thinking, eh? how, Lord, how can you tell me about the year 2020 and yet I don't have information about the next year 2019. So I thought it would be easy, like God would just tell me. I slept on my stomach. Mm. I slept up facing heaven. Mm. I slept sideways facing Jerusalem. Mm. <laughs> I asked. Mm. Mm. Is the Greek for no? <laughs> okay, I'm kidding again. So I was wondering, Lord, in the words of some brothers, do something. I wasn't receiving anything. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to fish this word out of the Lord. So I remember that day I began to pray from 22 hours. Non-stop. Nothing came. I kept going and going. Till 05. At 05, I prayed and prayed and prayed. And I was in the spirit. I was sensing God. It was a beautiful place of prayer. Yet... Yet, there was no word, but I pressed into, it's called the inquiring spirit. When you go to God to ask, the Bible says he comes to me, must of necessity believe that I exist and I'm a rewarder of those who diligently seek me. That is Hebrews 11 verse 6. So in that place where you're going to go to ask for things, you must be patient. And that patience is inspired by the faith that when we ask God and seek him, he must answer. 
And so I prayed from 20, around 22 hours to 05. Now I'm not talking about stopping and going to do things, coming back. I'm talking about being in one room and praying. I was in the living room at Apostle Fred's and I prayed from 22 to 05. Then I noticed it's to 05. Then I, I'm like, oh my goodness. And it was beautiful. Listen, if you can pray from 22 hours to 05, I'm not exaggerating. I don't like exaggerating testimonies. I like saying things as they are. Okay? If you pray from 22 to 05, either you're not okay <laughs> or... There is something that you are experiencing that is making you go on and go on and go on. There is a pleasure in prayer. Like many pleasures you find in doing spiritual things, there's a pleasure you find in giving. That when you give, you get this sense of fulfillment. That even after you don't... Sometimes you empty your bank account and you've blessed people, you've given to the work of God. And you don't have anything left. You realize, hey, my goodness, I don't have anything left. But the moment you do that, that's when a deep sense of rest comes on you. There are pleasures in the kingdom of God. They are greater than the pleasures in the kingdom of darkness. They are greater than the pleasures in, 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 in illicit sex. They are greater than pleasures in alcohol. They are greater than pleasures in passing an exam. You know, there are pleasures that people get in passing an exam. There's a pleasure that people get in their team winning a game. There are some people who get pleasure from shopping. But the Bible says, in his presence there's fullness of joy. And in his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. So if you are getting pleasure, and look, look at this. I taught you that the power of pleasure is greater than the power of pain. This is why people can know that tobacco kills but because of the pleasure they are deriving from it, they'll keep gratifying it. Even when the doctors told them you are dying, they'll still go back and do it. People can leave their houses to go and sleep with a chumbumunsholol or somewhere when they've got an entire wife and a beautiful daughter and son. Why? Because of pleasure, they are willing to undergo through the pain of shame and the pain of a divorce. They don't care. Even though they do, they, the desire to experience that pleasure far superimposes on them the necessity to go out and do the worst against some of the most sacred things like marriage. So that power of pleasure that I am getting from prayer because I've delved into it is greater than the pain of a sleepless night. So I'll sit there and pray and pray and pray and I'm experiencing something in the spirit. It's better than smoking. It's better than anything you can compare to. That pleasure is it's deep. All the other pleasures are, 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 are fleeting. They don't last. You can pass an exam today and be sad tomorrow. But that pleasure you get in the inner man, that joy, that peace that you get inside, that is why, that's why the Bible says the strong spirit of a man will keep him in bodily sickness. You may be going through the same pain as everyone, but there's a pleasure that is deeper, that is deep in your spirit, that is, that is, that is, emitting this fragrance of strength 
into your soul and your body and it's keeping it going that the same sickness that is killing everybody for some reason you've been living for some time and you're not dying anytime soon that the same luck that everybody's undergoing and going through depression is killing everybody and is devastating everyone but for some reason you are doing just fine you don't have that's what kept abraham calling himself abraham there's an inner strength an inner peace Kaya masata, lakoto boyokota, zampari akatusia kata, shadebe on tabari adash. And as I'm speaking to you right now, the Lord is staring it, is staring it inside your spirit, staring it inside your spirit. There's something more than gold. It's something more than gold. The spirit of the Lord in the heart of man. It is something more than gold. It is something more than gold. It is something more than gold. The spirit of the Lord in the heart of man. It is something more than gold. Sing it out. It's something more than gold. It is something more than gold. The spirit of the Lord in the heart of man, it is something more than God. The presence of God is addictive. It's addictive, my brother. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. It's addictive. You can get hooked on the presence that if you get out of it, of it you begin shaking. You begin having withdrawal symptoms. <laughs> hey, I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about. And so the reason I could pray from 22 hours to 05 is because there was something that was keeping me in that place. This is what keeps us giving addictively and competitively. It's addictive. It's, it's beyond us. The, the apostles call themselves slaves of Jesus. You know what that word slavery means? It's not just a slave. It, it's, it's a slave in the sense of addictiveness. When someone is a slave of a drug, it means they've tried to stop. They can't stop. It's beyond them. They've become hooked to it. Did you read, did you read Jeremiah? Jeremiah said, I said, Lord, I'm stopping this whole thing of preaching. I've quit. But he said, but hey, how can I stop? It's like a fire shut up in my bones. And I can't just sit until I say something wise. Until I write a post to bless someone. I just can't sit. The Bible says how, the, how Jesus anointed, how the Holy Ghost anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power that he went about doing good. He went about when you are anointed with the Holy Ghost. You can't just sit. You just, you look for like someone to preach to. And until we have soldiers in the army of God who are hooked on God, who are addicted to God, who are willing to do so much for God it will be very difficult for us to colonize this generation with the gospel because this generation is a stubborn generation. There's a need for the return of the John the Baptist and the Elijah anointing. That turns the most stubborn of hearts unto God. It requires persistence. It requires a jealousy for God. It requires a fire for God. The same spirit that burns in God, that makes him Elkanah. That means God, the jealous one, the jealous, the, the jealous one who doesn't want to share you with the world. That spirit must also begin to burn in us. We must become, a, we must become a reflection. We must become existing and human 
are, are, are burning ones. We must be referred to as the burning ones of God who burn with the jealousy of God that when we see Christians living in sin, we can't but pray for them. That when we see every wrong post, we put, we put better ones. That when we see the world in sin, we just want to burn everything that is wrong so that God can get the glory. You study the life of Elijah. Killed 250 prophets of Baal. Why? Because the jealousy of God was in him. The world needs fiery people. People that are on fire with the jealousy of God. People that are not willing to compromise for anything. You, we are not even, it's not even a question. Some of the questions you must be way past them. Is it correct to masturbate? Those things you don't, when the jealousy, God is a fiery God. God is a God of fire. One thing that fire does is that it purifies. It burns everything. When the fire, when fire comes upon anything, anything that makes that something stand is burnt till all there's left is ashes. Till all there's left is a testimony that there was fire there. Till people cannot see that thing anymore, but they just can see the evidence of fire. You may not be God, but there's got to be evidence that God consumed or your need, your need to get an education so that you can make money is consumed. Your need to do anything to prove a point is consumed. Your need to mind your own business is consumed. What you have is the business of the father at your heart. Your need to satisfy yourself, to just make money for you to eat, for you to sleep with anyone, for personal gratification. All that is bent. When people look at you, all they see is God. When people read your posts, all they see is God. And you can't even help it because you've become enslaved to it. And you can't stop it because even though you wanted to stop it, you can't because you love it here. You are an excited slave. Shout hallelujah. That's how it works. There are pleasures in the kingdom of God. Don't think you're too young for them. Anyways, I wanted to teach you on fruit bearing, but I've taught you on prayer. So God is still good. We'll continue with the prayer, with the, with the teaching. I don't know how I got here. We'll continue with the teaching on fruit bearing. You see, this is why, this is why, even as you become a minister, one of the things that you must do is yield yourself to the spirit. Yield yourself to the spirit. When you study the word of God in depth, and this is my life. Currently, I'm studying two books consecutively. And I always read before I sleep. Always. You know, I just observed. Ever since I got a secular job and I started working, my prayer life and my devotion life has never been on fire like this. My goodness, Lord. As I'm talking to you right now, I have work. I'll wake up tomorrow, go for work. And I'll work from morning to 16 hours. And I'm preaching to you. I need to rest. Rest what? You're 23. You want to rest from what? You're joking. If you're thinking you're going to produce results that are going to get, get, get great rewards in heaven, you are joking. You are joking. You have to train yourself to bear fruit. It's a training. The world always, you can imagine. Just before I left, I had about four files I needed to work on. I have not touched them. And when I just wake up tomorrow, I'll find fouls. And I've got a very sensitive case I'm dealing with. I need to study. But sir, hmm, God comes first. Ever since I put God first, I've never lacked anything. I have to pray for myself. So what you do is, 
even as a minister of the gospel, you give yourself first to the word of God in depth for your personal life. Then afterwards, you give yourself to the leading of the spirit. So for example, I can come here and I tell you, I'm going to teach you on prayer. But then as I'm talking, the revelation of the word of God begins burning from everything I studied in the scriptures. And then I know exactly that it's easy for the Holy Spirit to lead you when you are given to the word. Because the Holy Spirit does not lead you separate from his word. When you learn this as a man of God, as a minister of the word of God, you will never run out of what to preach. Never.